Reports uh, from a recent Gallup study show that Americans' mental health ratings have sunk to a new low. I know that's hard to believe after a year of COVID, but across the board, uh, people were doing worse than last year. So in 2019 to 2020, it saw almost a double-digit dip in mental health. And not only did it, it dip that much, we're actually at a two-decade low for mental health in America. There was only one group that through it all actually went up in 2020. And the only group doing better are people who attend religious services weekly. See, church is an important part of our life, of our discipleship, of following Jesus. Disciples belong to church, they attend church, they, they follow Jesus together. And we are called to attend and participate. And I know this is an interesting message to preach in this moment, because not only do we have people live here, I know we have a lot of people live online. And I know that, especially this weekend, with being so cold, we probably have even more people online than ever before. And so I realize that not everybody can gather together just yet, but it's important that we gather together at a point in times so that we can connect with God. And so I'm going to ask everybody, whether you're online or you're live here tonight, I want you to think about this in the context in which you find yourself. And I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit. Because the church was Jesus' idea. It was actually God's plan from the very beginning. It tells us in the New Testament that the church is the mystery of God now revealed to the world that God had the idea of the church from the very beginning that he would have a people who would bear his image in the world, that they would come together in his name, called out separate from the world, but yet there to bless the world. And Jesus has always been passionate about his church. He's always been passionate about his bride. And he calls us different things, and they'll be on the screen. He calls us his family, he calls us his body, he calls us his people. I think of his family, we bear his name, right? Uh, we bear his resemblance to the world, his image, his glory. That's what we're called to do. We are his body. As we bring all of our gifts together, we actually take Jesus' place here in this world. We are his body and we are his people. To this world. God has always chosen, whether it be the Old Testament or New, He's chosen to speak to the world through His people, through His prophetic word. And so, uh, whether it be Old Testament, New Testament, Israel, or now the church, we are called to speak for God and be God to this world. That the church is not about me, it's not about you, it's really all about Jesus. And that we would keep our attention on Him. Jesus wanted to introduce his disciples to the concept of the church, so he does it in Matthew chapter 16. That's actually where he begins, and he begins in verse 15. But what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, 
the Son of the living God. Jesus answered, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and, I, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I want you to look at the words, I will build my church. There's a lot in the passage that we just read. But Jesus said, I will build my church. It's not your church. It's not my church. It's his church. It's his name. He said, I want a people gathered together. And, and people have always gathered together in different ways here on the earth. But he says, you know what? I want, I want people to gather together in my name and there's going to be something special happen. There's going to be something mysterious, powerful that happens when people gather together in my name. We experienced it tonight in worship. The presence of the Lord was here with us as we sang together, as we worshiped together, as we gathered together online and in person on a cold Saturday night to sing praises to our God. So what I'd like to do for our time together uh, tonight is give you a few things. First of all, we're going to talk just about the church, and then we'll talk about some very practical things, but I'm going to kind of answer this question. Why should I choose to belong to a local church? Why should I choose to belong to a local church? So that's our question, and let me give you six answers to that question. The first answer is this. It's obedience to the Lord. It's obedience to the Lord. You and I have been called to be a part of his church. We are called to follow Jesus in this way. This was Jesus' idea. This was his plan. It wasn't that the disciples one day thought up the church or, or man has thought up the church. It's that Jesus said, no, this is going to be my people, my kingdom here on this earth. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, and let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other all the more as you see the day approaching. When you look at that passage of Scripture, you've probably heard that before. Don't forsake the assembling together. That's what we usually hear. But why should we gather together? Because we're to provoke each other to love and to good works, works that we would be in each other's lives, pushing each other to the next level, to encourage one another, as it says, especially as we see the Lord's approach coming. We're closer to the Lord's return than ever before, and we need each other. We need to be encouraged. We need to be worshiping. We need to be around His Word. You weren't meant to be a Christian all by yourself. Just a few people weren't meant. We were meant to be a body, and a Christian without a family is an orphan. And I, 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 you weren't saved to be left all alone. You were saved to be a part of a family, a part of something bigger than you. And so that's why he says, I want you to be a part of my family. It's just obedience to the Lord. Number two, it keeps your fire burning for the Lord. It keeps your fire burning for the Lord. If you take a coal and you remove it from the hot coals, it, it won't stay hot very long. When you're doing that barbecue, when you're doing that cooking, if you, if you if you have that campfire, if you have that log just kind of fall away from the fire, it's going gonna, it's gonna to lose its fire. It's going to lose, the coal is going to lose its warmth because you've removed it from 
where it should be together and, and encouraging one another like we talked about and, and pushing one another. And so if you're removed or isolated, that flame will eventually go out. And we're called to actually fan the flame because that's what we talked about last week, that passion for God. I need to be passionate in my love relationship with God. And so I need to fuel that somehow. And the best way to fuel that is to be around other brothers and sisters in Christ that are passionate for the Lord. You need to find brothers and sisters in Christ that push you to the next level, that keep your fire burning for the Lord. And I guarantee you can find that at church. You can find that when you worship together. So look for those opportunities. Number three, it protects us from self-deception. It protects us from self-deception. The Bible says that we're not just to hear God's word, but we're to do God's word. And when I'm all alone, it's very easy for me to think I am really following God's word well. But it doesn't just work that way. That, that, that vertical relationship actually works itself out horizontally. And so I don't just have to have a good relationship with God. I have to have a good relationship with Leslie and my family. It has to work its way out there and then to my church family. And that's the way to see, is what God's doing in my life really working? Because if it is, it'll be all around me. And so I just encourage you to find people that you can get around and just, again, it makes sure that everything is working, that your faith is genuine, because if it is genuine, it's not just going to be your relationship with God, it's going to be a relationship with everybody around you. The next, number four, it leads to maturity. It leads to maturity. When we're in families, and, and whether we're married or maybe we're a sibling or, or whatever, you, you, when you're in a family situation... Um, those are wonderful opportunities to grow. Uh, it's wonderful opportunities to see, you know, um, to be challenged and to go to the next level. And in good, healthy families, and I want to say that, in good, healthy families, when we have struggles, it should produce maturity in our life. We should grow up. We shouldn't be acting like kids the rest of our life, right? We should, we should learn to get along, and we need to grow together. But we don't grow all by ourselves. We need people around us to help us grow in maturity. It says in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 1, a one who isolates himself pursues selfish desires. He rebels against sound wisdom. You're not to isolate yourself. You're, you're to surround yourself, again, with people that are committed to God. And when you make that commitment to the local church, you are going to grow in maturity. When you're here, tuned in, live, Every week, you're going to learn from God's Word. You're going to worship together. You're going to grow. It's not always easy to grow. It's not always easy to be mature. But the more we're in it, the more we're going to grow. And we just we grow better when we grow together. Number five, it, it helps to produce and grow fruit. Helps to grow and produce fruit in our life. We are called to be planted. To be planted in. Uh, in a local church family. And what happens too often is we get planted and then, then we move and then we do another, we plant ourselves over here and then we plant ourselves over there. If you took a, a live living plant and you kept moving it from pot to pot every day or every week, you would begin to see that, that plant die because it's not meant to, to be moved from place to place because it's never going to find roots. It's never going to grow deep. 
it's never going to grow to what it should be because you're constantly moving that plant. And, and God says, I want you to plant yourself so that you can take root, that you can grow up, that you can be all that God has called you to be because I believe God doesn't want us dying. He doesn't want us stagnant. He wants us growing. And in, in the body, that's what happens. If, if, if you have a hand or a heart or a kidney or you just name a part of the body, it only works when it's attached to the body, when it's in the body. That's when it is functioning. That is when it's healthy and that's when it's growing. And so we're called to be a part of the family of God. It helps us grow and produce fruit. Number six, it helps the local church in the cause of Christ. I believe that we are called to be the kingdom of God here on this earth. That we are called not just for ourselves, but we are called to make disciples. That we are called as a church from our very beginning to do missions literally around the world. We are called to reach out to our community, whether it's to help feed them or clothe them or help take care of them. And that's something we do at the uh, at the church, through the kids' pantry and the food giveaway and all the things that go on here, that that's what we're called to do. But we don't do that alone. It doesn't happen with just one person. It happens with a group of people coming together. No one person gives and then funds everything in the church. We all give, and we see what God does with that. It's not just one person showing up to pack food into boxes. No, it's a team every Friday in an assembly line coming together to do that. It, there are people with our children tonight and tomorrow. There are people that are, are worshiping and giving and doing all these different things that, that are on the teams that are here hours before anybody else shows up because we have to work together. We are the kingdom of God. And so we can't, one person can't do it. It's not just that a, a pastor would do everything. It, it's that, so we do it together. And when we do it together, it just, it just flows better. No one can do this alone. You are just as called to the church as the pastor is called to the church. We are called to serve God together because we follow better when we follow together. We follow better when we follow together. That's what God tells us in his word. And so I want to get real practical here in our final moments together because we know that we're supposed to be a part of the local church family. We know that we should be plugged in. We know that we should just tune in every single week. And so I want to just give you some really practical things about getting the most out of your weekend worship. This is something that we've talked about as a family, and even recently as our, our kids have been getting older. Um, you know, as, as, you know, you got teenagers, right? And, and they love staying up late, playing games, and, and then it's Sunday morning, and you roll out of bed, and you, you come to church, and you might be tired, and you're not going to get everything out of the service. So we just have some hints that this comes from our family, but just some things that how to get the most out of your, your weekend worship time. Because, again, we're meant to do this. So here's a few things. Number one, guard what you do before church. Guard what you do before church. Um, we talked a little bit about this last week, about giving God first place in our life, making him the center of our life. And so for me... And again, I understand I'm the pastor and I'm preaching and, and I want to be in, in tune with what the Holy Spirit wants to do. But for me, it just begins the day before. Uh, since we have Saturday night service, it'll begin Friday with me. Just saying, God, what do you want to do? Being in tune with that, watching what I do on a Friday or, or how late I stay up or, 
or, or where I fellowship or all those things. Just, just again, just saying, okay, God, you're number one. It says in James chapter 1, verse 21, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. You have to guard what you're doing before church. I'll guard myself tonight. I won't stay up late tonight. I'll guard what I watch on TV tonight. We have a, a thing. I, I love Bobby Schuler. all right? I'm just going to say it. I love the hour of power. And so that's what I'll do. I'll watch, and then I'll go to bed. Because I want God in my heart. I want him in my life. I want to focus on the Lord. Uh, and so guard what you do before church. Number two, prepare your heart. Prepare your heart. We need to be prepared. We're, we're meeting with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're called to encourage one another. Um, and God may ask you to do something when you come to church. Again, church isn't about us. He may ask you to, uh, if you see somebody, that, that the Lord gives you a word for that person or says, hey, you should pray for that person or I want you to reach out or, you know, just be ready to go because we want to be prepared because what if God calls on you when you show up at church? It's kind of like when you go to school and, um, and you don't know the answer, so you, you, you hide your head and keep your hand down and then the teacher calls on you. And, and so if God calls on you, just be ready. Prepare your heart. It says in Psalm 24, verses 3 and 5, Who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? The one with clean hands and a pure heart. So prepare your heart before you come to church. Number three, um, when you get to church, remember that God is the audience. God's the audience. You're not the audience. Where we sit out here, we're not the audience and the worship team, which always does a great job. But we're all part of that worship team. We're here to honor God. We're here to worship Him, to worship Him alone. Our verse from last week, Exodus 20, verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. You don't come to church for you or what you can get out of it. You come to honor and worship God and hear His word. Number four, listen to the sermon. Listen to the sermon. Just as worship is an important part of gathering together, so is the teaching of the Lord. Um, we're called to be listeners have you ever thought of listening as worship, that you're called to listen to his word? Um, it says in John chapter 10, verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So when you're listening to the message, don't just listen to the words I'm, I'm saying or the scriptures I'm reading. Say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to speak to me today? And allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you throughout the service, throughout the message and hear the voice of God. And number five, live what you learned. Live what you learn. When we come to church, God will deposit something inside of you to take with you for the coming week. And so in James 1.22, it says, do not merely listen to the word as so to deceive yourselves. Do what it says. God has called us to be a church. He's called us to gather together in his name. And we need to, we need to, to do that. We need to do that live. We need to do that online. We need to do this at home and around the world. This is what we're called to do. And I'm just going to say it, COVID isn't going to last forever. I know it's happening right now, and I know there's so many that can't be here. I completely understand. But we are called to be together. 
And I want to look at one more passage of Scripture in Acts chapter 2 before we go, because this is the birthday of the church, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell. And and look what it says about the church in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 37. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Then or those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and at the many uh, wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. In that passage of Scripture, it talks about the birth of the church and how they began to gather together. What was God doing in their midst? The things that they were doing with the worship and the teaching and the breaking the bread and all the things that they were doing together. But there's a word that appears over and over and over again in Acts chapter 2, and it's the word added, that there were people added to the church. From the very beginning of the church, believers were not meant to be alone. They were meant to be added to the church, and they were added to the Jerusalem church, and then they were added to churches literally all over the world, all these local churches. And so I want you to ask yourself a question. And I know that we live in the day of COVID, so it's a little different right at this moment. But COVID won't last forever. But I want to ask everyone here, everybody watching, I want you to ask yourself this question. How can I be added to the church? How can I be added to God's local family? How can I be added to his body? What does that mean? I believe that as we read through Acts chapter 2, that it means that we do life together. And so as we move forward as a church, this is what I want us to focus on. I believe that CLC, Christian Life Church, is a church for life. That we are called to be a church for life. Life with God, life with others, new, abundant, eternal life, experiencing that all together in everything that we do. We may have had to hit pause on a bunch of things for just a moment, but this is our calling, to be added to the church, to do life together. We are called to be connected because we follow God better when we follow him together. Amen? Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me tonight? Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the church. Lord, I pray that um, 
each one of us would be truly added to your church. That we would be family. And Lord, I pray that as we move into the days ahead and the years ahead, I pray that we would be a church for life. A church that would do life together. A church that would worship God together, that would love one another. A church that would experience your new, abundant, eternal life together. Lord, I pray that for those that feel disconnected right now, Holy Spirit, would you reveal to them how they can still be added? And God, I pray that as the days continue, that you would add people. And Lord, we have so many that call Christian life their home and so many connected online right now and in person. But Lord, I pray that you would just add more people and more people and more people that, that need to do life together. That you've called to this place. That you've called for us to encourage and, and to push for just great things in their life. That we would, we would just be there for each other as, as the day of the Lord approaches. God, I pray that we would just make our hearts ready every week, week in and week out, whether in person or online, to meet with you. We need this connection, Lord. You created us for this. This was your plan from the very beginning. God, thank you for inviting us into that plan. Lord, add us to your family in a fresh new way. In the days, weeks, months, and years to come, Pray this in Jesus' name.